Welcome to Global Truth Center. It's funny, as I was uh, putting together my talk today and putting together the music, I was like, you know, people are usually... They usually think of me as like the, the singing, dancing, musical theater minister. And, you know, it's all about, you know, getting all these fun songs and performing and all. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think even in the midst of that, there is truth. And the truth is that we appropriately bring forth what is necessary for the moment. And most of the time, I'm celebrating life. I am mostly celebrating life. Even today, I celebrate life, but I also see what's going on. So our monthly theme is knowing. Um, why? Why is our monthly theme knowing? Well, because we have to start knowing what we're seeing and not reacting to what we're seeing. So I thought it would be great for us to stand in, I stand in the peaceful knowing that life is unfolding perfectly because I've had a very full week. And I've had some things happen this week and people reacting to things this week that caused me to really have to stop and say, life is unfolding perfectly, no matter what I'm seeing. And when I can feel me being pulled towards what's going on, I know it is time to stop and have a little meditation. I know it is time to stop. When I see my son leaving my house going out into West Hollywood to, to march in, a, in, in a, a peaceful protest, but seeing what's going on around the world in the middle of these peaceful protests, to see a 75-year-old man pushed down by the police and crack his head open in a peaceful protest, I can feel me being pulled out into the midst of this. And yet, I must constantly pull myself back trust and know that life is unfolding perfectly, that my son will be fine when he goes out and <clears throat> steps onto the 405 freeway and kneels down. That was fun to hear when he got home. I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. And he's fine, you know, and he had his hands up and, and uh, they were peacefully protesting what's going on in the world. Now, that's not a bad thing. Peaceful protest is not bad. Martin Luther King was all about marching for peace. Other people have other ways of doing it. But I don't think anybody went to, Mar to, to Martin Luther King and said, you should do it a different way. I think that man stood firm in his resolve. Peace is the only way. Love is the only way. So I stand in the perfect knowing that life is unfolding perfectly. And the knowing has to do with, am I willing to know love even as my son is kneeling on the 405 freeway? And not be pulled out of myself into some other reactionary person that I don't even recognize if that's who I were to be. Nelson Mandela said this, a good leader must know that at the end of any debate, both sides must grow closer and thus emerge stronger. You don't know this, he says, when you are arrogant, superficial, or uninformed. Arrogant, arrogant just meaning that you think you do know better. Superficial, meaning that you haven't dropped into the truth of who you are, so you're reacting on the level of the, of the facts. 
and then uninformed. And that's really what I want to talk about today. Uninformed. Am I uninformed because I believe in love? Am I uninformed when I see the world a certain way that maybe someone else doesn't see it? When I see that life is unfolding perfectly, is that because I'm uninformed? I witnessed two people having a conversation recently where one of them stated similar to me that the, life, that the world was unfolding perfectly and that life was good. And the other person said, then clearly you are uninformed. You're not paying attention to the world. Why do those things go together? Shouldn't we actually know the truth, be informed and still know the truth? Why does my being informed mean that I have to turn into someone else or you or you or you? And I know that we know the answer to that. So Socrates said this, the only true wisdom is in knowing that you know nothing. And I think that's where I got my, I know nothing, now what can I know? The only true wisdom is in knowing that you know nothing. And the quote that's going to really lead me into what happens next is interestingly by Rosa Parks. And she said this. She said, I have learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this diminishes fear. Knowing what must be done does away with fear. She says, when your mind is made up, fear goes away. I'm sure she's talking about her mind was made up that the inequality of the black race was done for her. She was not going to sit on the back of that bus anymore. Period, end of sentence. And her mind was made up. She didn't look at the facts. She didn't look at the world around her. She didn't think about what's going to happen to me when I do this. She said, here's what I know. I am equal to every other person on this planet. And I will sit in the front of the bus. And so fear left her. She sat on the front of the bus. And so what happened? The world eventually changed <laughs> a smidge. It essentially changed. Why? because somebody knew what they knew. And her quote, I've learned over the years that when one's mind is made up, this is what diminishes fear. So a question I have is this, what is your mind made up on right now? Are you willing to live in this world right now and just be pulled tither and hither? Is that an expression? I think it's good. Tither and hither, being pulled wherever the media or the, 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 the world around us takes us? Or, like Rosa Parks, are we going to have our minds made up? I come in love. Period. End of sentence. Done. I don't see race. I don't see color. I see truth. I see God everywhere I look. So that's what I want to talk about today. Is your mind made up? What do you know? What principle do you stand on? And do you stand on it no matter what? That's where we have to go. Are you willing to stand, as Martin Luther King did, in your understanding of what life is, no matter who challenge you, challenges you, no matter what challenges you? And I know, I can hear it in my head, even as I'm talking, that this is why my son went to the 405 freeway to stand on it, to kneel on it. Because he believes that, right? He believes it. He believes that the world is a place where everyone should be equal, period, end of sentence. Like Rosa Parks, 
So how can I do anything but say, I get it, okay. Hmm. Title of my talk today is, well, what do you know? Great, isn't that a great slide? Great slide she did. So what principle do you stand on no matter what? So here's what I stand on. This week, in the middle of my, my ministerial orals, I had a conversation with someone who was extraordinarily distraught, very upset, very, very upset. And the upset, the, 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 the anger, the, and, and I don't even mean anger, the, the distraughtness, whatever that is, the anxiety that was coming out, could have easily felt that it was coming at me. But I took some time to really think this through. But what was coming at me was this, that somehow people in my position are not prepared to speak about race, that we don't talk about it enough, that we don't talk about diversity enough. We don't talk about what's going on for our black brothers and sisters enough. We haven't taken the time to, to figure out how do we deal with them differently than we deal with others. And I'm listening to all of this come at me. What right in the middle of my ministerial orals going on, watching my ministers answer tons of questions, and some of them were about diversity and race. And I really had to stand back and go, what do I believe? Have I, have I missed something here? Did I miss something? Did I miss how to talk about the black race, and let's just talk about black lives that matter right now. Because yes, it's easy to say all lives matter, and I get that. Black lives matter does not mean that no other lives matter, by the way. It's like when I say I am God, I'm not saying I am God and you are not. I don't think black lives matter is saying black lives matter and no one else does. I think what they're saying is we have to matter as much as you do. That's what it means. So I am done hearing even something like that where they come out trying to make a difference and make that a thing to argue about. So here's my position. And then I'm going to um, bring someone up to talk about something. I don't teach as a minister, as a, minister, as a teacher of future teachers and te future ministers. I do not spend a lot of time teaching how to speak about race. Why would I? I don't see race. I don't see color. We don't teach color. We don't teach the difference between my, a black person, a white person, a red person, a brown person. We teach God. I see God. You walk into this center, you are white, black, yellow, red. I don't care what your color is. You are God. That's what I hold true to. So in effect, we do teach race. We teach it as oneness. We teach it as one race called humanity, divine humanity. Now, I'm sure Martin Luther King had his days where people were screaming at him, stop being so nice, stop being so peaceful. We have to get out there and kick some ass. That is a, that is a donkey. Um, I'm sure he had his days. And I've certainly had my days. I had one of them this week because it rattled me. Because I did think, am I doing enough? And then I, huh, talk about knowing. Something in me just said, not only are you doing enough, but there is more for you to do in the vein that you stand in. 
in the truth you stand in. So it is true. The Global Truth Center is a predominantly white center. Why is that? Well, <laughs> part of that is because we moved to Westlake, which is predominantly white. When we were in NoHo, we were a much more, I'll use the word diverse, but still, I just never even saw it as diverse then. People, people used to say to me, I loved when people said to me, you have a lot of gay people in your church. And I would be like, no, we don't. Do we? And I was like, I don't know if we do. I really don't check their cards when they come in. Are you straight or gay? Just checking. I don't care. I just don't care. Now, truthfully, if you're black or white, I can see what color you are, but I don't really see it in terms of who I am to you. So yes, maybe North Hollywood was more diverse. Maybe Westlake Village is not as diverse. I get that. But does that mean that we stand for something that other people can make wrong? No, it does not. It absolutely does not. So I called one of our black members, and we have a number, but I called one of our black members and I said, I, I just asked him a question at first. I said, you know, I was hit with this this week and I need to check in with you to see if there's anything I have said over the years that has made you feel not included in our congregation. And this has been someone who's been with us probably about 10 years and has traveled all the way from where he lives to Westlake Village. Yes, right? So... Um, I asked him, I said, would you join me today? We're not open yet, but would you just join me today and just talk a moment about this? Because I'd like to ask you today as you watch us talk about this for a moment, to not see a black man and a white man up here talking, but to just see a discussion on truth. So come on up, Archie. How are you? Nope, nope, just come right here. Yes, uh, can you give me that? Thank you, it's all clean for you, Lysol sprayed and everything. Thank you, thank you for, out, thank you for outdressing me. <laughs> but you outdress me every week anyway. You know, and, and you know that, that, you know, I look up to you so much. But, <laughs> but I not also, for, but not for clothes. But not for clothes, man. Um, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get you on the Baptist program. <laughs> you know, Global Truth Center. Yes. Actually, yes. you have brought me some nice clothes. I have. And I have worn them. Okay, okay. <laughs> I have. I, and, I, and, I, and I appreciate that. Yes. Your wife always gives me a hassle, too. She always says, you know, our ministers don't look like you. That's right. That's I think right. she means that in a different way, though. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, the importance at hand. Mm -hmm. First of all, I loved when I called you. You know, I was actually testing to see, is this something I really want to do? I had to ask you what you thought. So right. when I said to you, you know, how does it feel to be a member of a predominantly white church? And, and, I, would, and I would say to you, you know, yes, the Keep church. Keep your mic here. Right here? <laughs> because, yeah, because I want to do he this. He hasn't taken ministerial yes. yet, although he's going to. <laughs> but... Um, you know, when you talk about race, when you talk about Westlake being, you know, what it is, it's predominantly Probably what white. it is. Yeah. Um, you know, I could easily have taken that, uh, that issue and, and, and internalized it with all the things that have happened in my life and mm. said, okay, I, I've gotten enough. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you for all you've done. However, because I have been on a journey of, as you said, doing my best to just see 
spirit, to just see love, to just see, you know, uh, people being what they are. That allowed me to come out here and just simply continue my journey because my journey is not about what somebody looks looks like. My journey is about love. My journey is about forgiving everything and anything that's happened to me. And obviously, you know, I could go into, you know, all of the, the, the things, you know, that have happened in my life. And you, that, told, and you told me one. You know, you told me that you were pulled over, dragged out of your car, and put on a curb. Yeah. Just because you had the right color. Yep. Uh, yeah. I was pulled over. Um, yeah. And um, not only, you know, was I frisked, uh, then another young uh, policeman came over and, and said, do not try to run or I will shoot you. Right. Okay. And, but here's the thing, even though I didn't study knowing the truth, I had some of that already with me because I didn't get upset. I just sat there because I hadn't done anything wrong. That's, and we talked about that. You see? So if I haven't done anything, why would I get bent out of shape or upset? And yet there are people that haven't done anything wrong Mm -hmm. who still suffer the consequences of bad behavior. Yes, and some of that bad behavior is simply because they have not had enough information in order to behave the way they need to behave in that situation. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, as a person of color, we get, all of us get a, a lesson on how to behave when the police <laughs> stop us. We, we, get, we get a lesson. It, it's just something that's taught. Now, that being said, that is a fact. But as we talk about, what is the truth of that? The right. truth of it is, I know that I am an incredibly wonderful person. <laughs> incredibly wonderful. And Say it so, again. Incredibly wonderful. <laughs> so therefore, I'm not worried about what you or what you might do. So, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What can I do better? Oh, I'm getting so emotional. Okay. What could I do better than teach love and oneness. I mean, is there something to do better? I mean, when I look at Martin Luther King, I think to myself, I want to be him. I want to stand in love only, you know? I probably wouldn't climb onto the 405 freeway um, and kneel down. I probably wouldn't. And, and me neither, brother. <laughs> I love you. And I'm going to bring you up you in know. a second, William, so grab your mic. Um, I wouldn't, but mm-hmm. but I would join a march that would, would peacefully march where we could march to be be heard. Okay. I would do that. Would I would I would I possibly kneel down and stop traffic mm-hmm. somewhere because I felt that that was necessary? Sure, I think I might. Right. I think I might. I'm, I'm cuz I am a renegade at heart. Okay. You know. But when I look at all the all the all the protests mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. when you look at them, they are equally black and white. Sure. There is n- this is not the black race rising up against the white race, which some people want to tell us. Mm-hmm. It's not. There are, it is equal. Not this time. No, not this time. Not this and time. maybe, I just want to hug you. Maybe this time, oh, that's, that's from Cabaret. Maybe this time, maybe this time, as I said it, I couldn't help it. Maybe this time we're actually doing what the prayer of St. Francis says. Okay. Maybe this time I am going to be a channel of peace. I'm going to st- stand up for you. I don't care what your color is. So you, you asked the question. Yes. What, what could I, I do what better? What can I do? I would simply tell you 
your job, your only job is to do more of what you're doing. <laughs> do more of teaching I am God. I am source. I am the universe. I am one. I am that. I live as that. That lesson needs to be taught even more strongly than it's ever been taught. Mm -hmm. uh, living as God has to be taught with even more intensity and with, you know, some fearlessness yeah. because it is not a message that is comfortable. Um, you talked about, you know, why would I, you know, make the drive? It's because my only goal is to continue to reinforce that teaching of I am God and I am, you know, everything that happens, happens because of what I think and what I do and what I decide. And if I am able to do that, then I'm able to teach it mm. in my way to other people. I am looking forward to visiting your church. <laughs> A very diverse church. <laughs> and colorful too, yes. Uh, thank you so much. I so appreciate you my pleasure. coming here and, and driving all the way here and... I'd say dressing up, but this is your normal attire. How about that? Yes. Um, I've just graduated 18 new ministers. And I can only tell you, it was two years of a lot of struggle for a lot of them mm -hmm. to step into the I am God. Yes. So I promise you, I am not only fearless, I am vigilant in teaching that lesson. Beautiful. And if I can teach that lesson, then I have spoken on race. Yes. And I have spoken about diversity because it's just the multiplicity of the oneness. And then one other thing I wanted to say to yeah. you and to the congregation. Tell them. Um, if you need me, if you need to have someone listen to you from where you are, whether you do feel uncomfortableness about your thoughts and maybe the thoughts of your past, I am here. I am here to listen to you without judgment and I'm here to let you know that you are forgiven and we will get back to remembering who you are and that you are love. So, you know, text me, call me, whatever you need. This is why I'm probably here at the Global Truth Center here in Westlake is this is my job. This is my work for those that need that help. Great. So I'm just here for you. We'll put you, okay? we'll put your information up. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Yes, go ahead, go. Okay, Mr. Mr. Rose Hines, come up here for a minute. Do you have your microphone? There's one right there. It's called yours. So I told you I was going to ask you to do this, and I'm not trying to race the clock forward for a thousand years. Um, why? <laughs> why did you climb up onto the 405 and kneal down? Tell them. I've, there's like two things. I know. I'll first, you told that. me not to say it because if someone hears you, they could arrest you. There, yeah. No, I, it's yeah. not gonna happen. Um, over my dead body. Firstly, anything I say about this is just coming from my experience, and I do not have the fullness of the experience because I'm not someone of color, and I can't speak yes. to that experience. I can't speak to that life. Um, for me, right? I think it's somewhat actually dangerous to say that I don't see color or I don't see race, because it's impossible. Everyone sees race. It's when we get to a place where we can acknowledge the difference and celebrate that. Okay, so, so, also, so wait, let me, let me change that. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I, can, I can see that Archie is black. Yes. I can see color. Mm -hmm. 
But race, we have been taught to see race. We have been taught that this race and this race and this race are different. But when you drop into the spiritual truth, there is one race, and it's called God. I can see color, so I just want to be clear. Yes, think, you can see color. I think it's the difference between seeing race and the perspective of seeing color, seeing the privileges associated yes. with race, versus yes. seeing the potential of real or realizing a, a reality in which we are all—it's decidedly one race as God. Yes. Um, but anyway, point is, I—you don't know what it's like to be a black no, man. No, Got it. And I. You know, I've grown up with a lot of my friends being people of color. I've grown I go to college where I've seen my friends who are scared to go out at night in Texas because of their dealings with the cops. Right. And I've had that experience further solidified when one of my best friends in the world came home sobbing because a bunch of people called her the N-word walking down the street. Right. Um, so my understanding of how that affects people of color this year has been um, deepened and deepened and deepened. And for me, I think there's a decided passivity sometimes to people who are spiritual. This idea that just because everything is unfolding perfectly doesn't mean I have to have a hand in it. But for me, a science of mind means... Wait, say I that again. There's a decided passivity. I heard that part. The next part. That just because everything is unfolding perfectly, yes. and I believe that, that I do not need to have a hand oh, in that how that Oh, that they think they don't have to do anything. Yes. Got it. Yeah. For me... Oh, I agree. It's called a spiritual bypass. Mm -hmm. For me, yeah. what I believe is that I do believe everything is unfolding perfectly. I believe change requires a catalyst, and this is the change. And that because I am God, if someone else... Let me say it this way. I can look at every single person I know and say, you are God. And if I see someone in a position of power that is not granting someone the rights of someone who is the divine manifestation of God, then it is my responsibility as a spiritual person to step out and do something that I can make a change so that they are recognized as such. And I agree 100%. You all? Yes. I, I can hug you. We live together. Because we live in the same house. Okay. So... Um, there you go. There's, there's two different perspectives, yet the same perspective. So I'm going to close this way. Um, wow, I love that you brought up spiritual bypass. And you are right. You know, and I talk to this a lot. It is easy for us to use spirituality to just throw a blanket on it all and pretend we don't see it. And please be clear, that's not what I'm saying. I will walk with you. I will help wherever it's needed to create equality for everyone. But I have to know it first. Because if I don't know it first, I'm basically just out there fighting for something I think doesn't exist. And I think that's what's holding us back. We're fighting for something that most people think is never going to happen. But I already know it already exists. And I'm happy to fight for that in peace. In peace. So back to the beginning of the song. Make me a channel of your peace. So this is a Catholic song, Christian song. Make me a channel of your peace is saying, make me a channel of your, meaning the infinite intelligence of the universe, that peace, that, that, that love. So make me a, a channel for the allness of life to flow through me. And guess what happens when you do that? There's just no room for anything else. If you're standing in Niagara Falls, and if you happen to get to the bottom of it and stand there, you'd be dead. But let's just say you wouldn't be. And you could feel all of that coming through. I guarantee you, you would not have a moment to think about anything else. That's what they mean by make me a channel of your peace. My title, well, what do you know? It's up to you to decide what you know. And this month, I'm giving you an entire month to really get in there and find out 
what do I know? Because as Rosa Parks says, what you know with absolute certainty will eliminate everything that you don't want to know. Namaste. Hi, this is Dr. James Mellon, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message and ask you for your support. Your tax-deductible donation to Global Truth Center ensures that we can continue to provide you with this form of inspiration each week. To make a contribution now, please visit our website at globaltruthcenter.org. Again, thanks for listening. Namaste.